News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR on News Talk. Joined now by Podrick, who is a protester from Ballinrobe. Uh, and obviously, this ongoing protest has been happening in Ballinrobe that, against a disused hotel that has been earmarked potentially for, for asylum seekers. Good morning to you, Podrick. Good morning, Dr. Kira. How are you? Um, thanks very much for giving us the opportunity to speak. N- not at all. Can, can I ask you, first of all, the, the Gannons, the, the hotel, the former hotel, we're, we're not entirely certain. Again, there appears to be kind of a vacuum of information whether or not it, that the, the, the use of it being turned into an asylum centre has been quashed or not. But, but you have been part of the protest and it, it is, my understanding is, is that the protesters are local, that they aren't some... some parachuted in far right type of people. What what are people in Ballinrobe saying? So, you know, it, it, it's... Thank, first of all, I just wanted to agree completely with what you were saying prior to bringing me on. And a lot of what I'm going to say is going to be in line with that. The people of Ballinrobe are a very welcoming people. Um, it's been a tourist town historically. We, we were on the lakes. We've held the world's trout uh, fishing contest for numbers of, as long as I'm around over 40 years and, and longer. Uh, we've just won the recently the, the, the best race course in Ireland. Uh, we have a championship golf course. And as I say, we live in the Lake District. So we've got some beautiful villages. And that's what around us. And uh, to say Kong would be well, well known. But people, people come here and visit. And, and it's a great place to come. It's so multicultural. And, and, and a piece that people don't see out there about Ballinrobe, and it is locals, is that we already have and very much welcomed refugees to town in this last year. Um, okay. I don't have exact I, figures. I tried to look into oh. it this morning, but we've, it's in around but 70 refugees are housed trip, in Ballinrobe currently. Yeah. Well, would it be double digits? It, it, not yet, but it's, it's interesting you say it, Doctor, because when you look at the population of Ballinrobe, like the population of Ballinrobe is growing like every other town. It's gone somewhere from 2,000 to 3,000. That's the overall hinterland of Ballinrobe when you look at it from a uh, the outside of it. But when you live in Ballinrobe, in the town of Ballinrobe, where the proposed, where the hotel is, there isn't actually many people living um, on the inside of the town. There is people there, but if you were to count how many okay. people are living on the main street okay. of but, the but town, Patrick, if, there if isn't you could that ex- many. T- tell us what your concerns are about, uh, say, if, if it was the case, and, and if it is the case, that, that, that 50 asylum seekers could be coming to the town. What are your concerns around that? Why are you protesting? We're protesting because it's really everything you said. It's not about the narrative and it's something your co-host said. We, we, we're quite aware that Ireland and Ballinrobe isn't full. There's a lot of unused buildings in Ballinrobe. But this current building, the building that's been proposed, it was, it was in the press in September that the building has been looked at to house uh, refugees from Ukraine, uh, women and children. Now, this hotel, unfortunately, closed back in the recession. It was a beautiful hotel. Um, and, and well supported at the time in the recession, obviously, it hasn't come back since. But this, okay. it's 25 feet from um, a crash. And, okay. and, and basically, there was a video placed on our, on our page yesterday evening, and we, we tried to grab a hold of the, the narrative and just show exactly why we're there. That 50 people put into this 12-bedroom hotel that was once deemed uh, unsuitable as a hotel. There was some safety concern with it. Uh, we're trying to look into it, but was once deemed unsafe to uh, have to, to have so people. So a twelve-bedroom hotel, now is fifty okay people. For that's, 50 that's refugees. 
So that would be four to a room, roughly speaking, on just on mats. There is but, one but room uh, we've been sent, and there is eight beds. I have a video of it. Sing, eight single beds in one room. There isn't okay. a gap up the middle of two foot, and between each bed, there isn't a foot. Okay. Well, I, I suppose we are we are in trouble in terms of providing accommodation at the moment. People are living in tents at the same time here. Can I ask you lastly, I, I think I have to ask you, Podrick, I keep hearing this, well, it's next to a creche. What are the implications from it being next to a creche? Are, are, are the people of Ballinrobe suggesting that the people who might be staying in the hotel would be predatory and, and would therefore not be suitable to be having next to, to a creche? Why do people keep mentioning the creche? I suppose it, it's quite simple. It's what you're saying. No, this isn't a... Well, I'm not really saying anything, I'm just asking. Well, what you had said prior to me coming on, that this is more of a common, this isn't that the whole country is far right or or, our group is anything like it, we're not. The the manager of the creche has had nothing but uh, calls from parents that they don't want their children to go into that creche next week. So when you look at it, is it a safety concern? But why, Padraig? Will you just tell us why? Why why don't they want them to go into the creche if there's asylum seekers? Why? It's not, as I suppose to you, it's men. It doesn't have to be asylum seekers. If there was 50 strange Mayo men put into it, or Ballinrobe men put into it, that are not allowed to okay, walk. Okay, so you don't want 50 men next to... Okay, all right. Look, next I appreciate you coming I on. I do... I genuinely appreciate you coming on. I think it's important that we have these conversations. I think we have to have these conversations and I I do appreciate you coming on. Thank you very much for speaking to us this morning. That is Podrick, who is one of the protesters in in Ballinrobe. And we're joined now by Nick Henderson, CEO of the Irish Refugee Council. Good morning to you, Nick. Where to begin? Um, I'm very glad you've come on because we are inundated this morning with people texting about the issue of immigration. And that's been kind of a constant, Nick. And I, I do think there's massive... Um, confusion and fear, I would say, is driving some of this uh, and misinformation out there. Can I put to you some of the concerns that are coming in so that you can address them? Is is that reasonable? Sure, of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. Okay. First of all, what we keep getting things is about people being unvetted, that, that, that asylum yeah. seekers, when they come here, are unvetted. And when we say, well, they are vetted to, to whatever extent, we do have an issue with undocumented asylum seekers. So will you deal with that, first of all, the undocumentation and the vetting? Yeah, so when somebody applies for asylum in Ireland, uh, they would either do so at the airport or at the International Protection Office in Dublin. And there commences a very rigorous process, uh, which would begin with a person's fingerprints being taken. uh, And those fingerprints go into a European Union-wide database called EuroDAC. And that is for two reasons. One, to check if they have claimed asylum elsewhere, and two, to check if they are on any criminal databases. So there's an immediate check there. Um, then somebody uh, on that same day is asked, uh, is subject to a short interview where biodata is taken, things like name, nationality, date of birth, and so on. And then they are asked to, com- to complete a questionnaire, a 20 page very detailed questionnaire uh, on the same day. So within almost 24 hours or 48 hours of someone arriving in Ireland, the Irish government, the Irish authorities would have a a very considerable amount of information on somebody already. Okay, so so Nick, we're we're hearing that about 60% of asylum uh, applicants here don't have uh, documentation. So are you saying because of things like the fingerprinting, etc., 
that that's kind of irrelevant. We still mostly know who people are or or, or am I overstating yeah. what you're saying? No, I think that that would be accurate. I think um, in our experience, that 60% figure, um, probably even less sometimes, uh, even less than that would be accurate that somebody may not have a passport, may not have a travel document, but nevertheless, um, they are able to get um, a significant, I'm going to say they, the okay. Irish authorities, the International Protection Office are able to get a significant amount of information and data, more than what would be in a passport, which is basically name, nationality and date of birth. Okay, uh, so, 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 so that, that addresses some of the things. Other things that are coming in, stuff about deportation, that, that, mm. that even when we sign deportation orders here, they're not being enforced, that actually our, our level of deportation is extremely low and that deportation is sort of at the discretion of the person being deported. We're, they're told to leave, but if they don't leave, very little is done about it. Yeah, no, I, that, I think that's a, a fair comment looking at it from a very strictly statistical point that Ireland, and this would be the same with other European Union countries as well, deports um, relatively a relatively low number of people who would actually receive a deportation order. Um, uh, there's a, several reasons for that. One, uh, it can be difficult to get a country from which the person has come from to accept the person back. Secondly, and this is a, a, a big issue in the last few years in that, in that deportations across Europe and across the world almost stopped when COVID happened. Um, and then thirdly, in our experience, somebody during their time in Ireland may have built up fat, possibly even family, but also some sort of connections to Ireland and they don't wish to leave. Um, okay. And I think that... that no, no, and I'm sure, key. but I think people presume that if they've come here that they don't wish to leave. But but yeah. I suppose what I'm getting at, and, and by the way, I'm just asking you because this is what's coming in and this is what needs sure. to be addressed. This is To allay anyone's fears, you've got to address these things. People say that we are soft, a, a soft yeah. target, as it were, that, that, that we are soft on deporting people and that our rules based are not very robust or rigorous. Is, is that unfair? I think that is unfair. And you, somebody, a listener may say, well, of course, he's going to say that he's from the Irish Refugee Council. But our experience of, of the, the Irish immigration system, which is our experience is over, over 30 years, is that it's a rigorous, sometimes adversarial process. Um, there's currently 450 people uh, in Dublin without accommodation. There's more than 400 yeah. people in tents and freezing weather. Um, we, we're, we're not a soft touch in that regard, certainly. Um, so I, I, I think that, that that's the wrong perception. Okay. Uh, and, I, yeah. and it's worth saying as well that deportations across Europe uh, have, have, are relatively low. Uh, and I think COVID is, is one of the principal drivers of that, that our system's Nick- shut down for, for 18 months at least. Yeah. Nick, look, thank you very much for coming on. I have no doubt we'll be having you back on because I do think that we need to hear from you and people. I think the only way we're going to, I suppose, navigate our way through all of this is, is through information and people being given an informed position rather than the misinformed positions that we're out there. Thank you very much for speaking to us this morning. That is Nick Henderson, CEO. News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman in association with AIR. Weekday mornings at 7 on News Talk. of the Irish Rep.